It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. All right, thank you for being with us here today, 5 o'clock. Boy, you did uh, bring that music down quickly. <laughs> You weren't playing, were you, Ben? Um, Patrick Johnson. He, well, it is. Patrick Johnson here with you, the great uh, Ben B-Baby Byram producing the show today. We can give that a little uh, proper treatment. Hey, man. People are all that swarming was... in uh, while we're starting the show here. Oh, is that yeah, right? Yeah. Who is that? A Clark came in for a little bit. Clark. Close that door, that Mississippi. Uh, Mississippi's here today. Good to see him. Uh, well, we start with uh, some unfortunate uh, news and uh, some news that I'm sure if you're uh, on social media or with us uh, earlier this morning on the uh, morning show, Talk of the Town, you're, you're aware of uh, the president of our company, founder of our company, uh, Henry Hinton. His mother, Jean, uh, passed away yesterday. Uh, it happened really right after our show. And uh, we certainly want to issue our uh, heartfelt condolences to Henry and his wife, uh, Henry's children, which includes uh, Hank, who is our colleague here at the station, uh, grandchildren, and uh, Henry's sisters, Susan and Cindy, and their families as well. Uh, Gene Hinton, a big P1 on TOT. I don't think so much for the Patrick Johnson show, but uh, big P1 for uh, TOT. 95 years uh, on this earth. And uh, she had been in uh, a brief period of declining health. Uh, but uh, she uh, she uh, passed yesterday, as I said, uh, sometime after the show ended. Uh, Henry uh, letting the, the uh, folks know that, because a lot of people obviously had wondered. Uh, but uh, Henry's mom passing away at ECU Health. Uh, full, happy life 95 uh, years uh henry and his family want to thank the staff at ecu health uh saying that they were amazing and uh, they provided loving care uh for uh henry's mother over the last few weeks so just wanted to start the show with that today i know it's a little bit of a uh a sad note to begin with but uh henry has been such a great uh person for us to work you know you say for but really with uh, and, uh, he has been someone who's just been excellent, uh, and an excellent advocate and supporter of this show and of this station. And, uh, I, I felt it would not make a lot of sense if we didn't, uh, give him, uh, a little bit of, uh, a little bit of, uh, propers as it were today. So, uh, our condolences to, uh, to the entire Hinton family. All right, let me uh, get off of uh, this screen here. I've got too many screens with all the different shows going on, Ben. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm locked in. We've got Pirate Basketball uh, tonight. Uh, ECU heads to Temple. First time this year that the Pirates will have a rematch on their uh, slate. 
Uh, game starts at uh, 7. Local coverage begins at 6 o'clock with the uh, basketball hoops edition of Pirate Game Day Countdown. Uh, ben B-Baby Byram is going to uh, be doing that. Uh, you got it ready, Ben? You ready to go for the big pregame shoe coming up at 6? I'm ready. Last time I wasn't too sure if Damian Dunn's going to start. Now I know that, and we kind of take a little deeper dive into that, see what he's been doing right. recently. Looking forward uh, to that. Of course, Damian Dunn of Kinston. Speaking of Kinston, Kinston basketball in the uh, headlines. We'll get to that in a second. Uh oh. Yeah. Um, and then uh, big thanks to uh, Cy Seymour for hopping on the show today. We'll be talking some hoops with him a little bit later on in the uh, program. That's but, uh, the real pregame show right there. That'll be good. Inside, uh, by yeah. the way, yeah, the network begins at six thirty. That's when one hundred seven point nine WNCT will. Uh, come aboard as well. Other stations up and down the ECU Sports Radio Network. Uh, our coverage, uh, again, really beginning right now, but uh, with Ben concentrating on the Pirate game at 6 o'clock. Uh, the game in Philly tonight, 7 o'clock tip, 7.02, uh, will be the uh, official tip time. Pirates, you might remember, losing to uh, the Owls in the conference opener on December 28th in Greenville, 59-57. Pirates uh, are off to a tough start in league action. The lone win was that uh, kind of inspired uh, road opening game in conference against Wichita State. Pirates have lost four in a row overall, uh, one and five in the American, ten and nine overall. And uh, ECU missed a just a boatload of layups, if memory serves, in that earlier game, and then they missed fifteen free throws in the game. Uh, the Owls come in 10-9 and nine also overall, but they are 4-2 in the conference. Uh, just a tough loss to Memphis. Kendrick Davis uh, sticking the game winner on Sunday to give the Tigers a 61-59 win as time expired in Philly. Uh, the Owls, as been noted, were without Damian Dunn during the first meeting versus the Pirates. It worked out well for Dunn from the standpoint that he got hurt the game before and uh, that was the Maryland Eastern Shore, I believe, wasn't it? It was a non-conference game. It was, were. yeah, concussion protocol. Yeah, and he was in concussion protocol. He actually traveled back to North Carolina for the holidays, and because they were playing in, uh, the team was playing in Greenville on the 28th, he actually got to stay a few extra days with his uh, f you know, family and all that in Kinston, which is good. I, that's, a, that's a great deal. But Damian Dunn, the Kinston native, uh, did not play in that. Uh, he's only played one game in Minji's all time. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, that's. I remember uh, he hit that. Uh, he had that buzzer beater on us, if I remember correctly. And over, no, he took over overtime, if I remember. Yeah, correctly. yeah. He but he had a big game, but uh, that was last year. But even in the times he was at Kinston, he didn't play. That you know, had the regionals elsewhere or, or what have you. Uh, usually they've played those in Minji's, but not the case. Kinston wasn't playing in those then. They were playing in them elsewhere. Dunn also didn't play his senior year at Kinston. He had transferred. So, again, that's one of the uh, the facts that are kind of left out when you uh, start to hear the lamenting of David, Damian Dunn not recruited by ECU. Uh, Dunn has returned, obviously, to the lineup. And, look, I think they've got one of the better backcourts in the league, and that says a lot because it's a really good guard league, the American is. Khalif Battle, over 17 a game, done at 15 a game. Uh, both guys can shoot it from three. Battle did not shoot it great against Memphis. I expect a big bounce back from him tonight. 
Did Dunn get 23? Was it 23? Uh, yeah, it was yeah, 23. Dunn had 23 against Memphis. Two assists, yeah. 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 Uh, so you got Dunn back for Temple, obviously. You got the Owls smarting after a tough defeat. Javon Small is out, as we know. So this is a uh, this is a, again a, for the foreseeable future, as it's put. So I think this is a tough putt for the Pirates tonight. Uh, an area I think uh, where East Carolina has an advantage, Ben, and I'd love to hear uh, your take on this. Is I think uh, I think on the inside, the Pirates are maybe a little better than than uh, Temple is up front. Yeah, so. I, I was surprised to find out that the Pirates are actually in the upper echelon of the country when it comes to offensive rebounds per game. Um, and then the inside, Brandon Johnson, I mean, a very capable rebounder. So that could be the key to the game for a potential win for the Pirates. Um, yep. We'll see how it yep. plays out. But um, Ezra Ozar also. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, probably coming off uh, a, a – well, not com- probably. He is coming off, I'm sure, for his standards – a disappointing performance against South Florida. So he'll be looking to bounce back. Luigi's played well as of late and his playing time started to go up about the time of the temple game. So in conference, we've seen more of uh, Luigi DeBow. He was really the only answer we had to Russell to against uh, USF. Well, the only guy height wise, and then yeah. temple's got a seven footer. So, I mean, it, it's a good matchup there for Luigi. Yeah. Uh, ECU has never won in Philadelphia against temple. Oh, it's another one yeah. of those, huh? Well, it could be a Wichita another. State deal all over again. Could be, and that's why you play them. Uh, line last I saw was nine for entertainment purposes only. Wow. So uh, that is uh, the kind of trend on the matchup as I see it here uh, tonight. Uh, look, I think East Carolina's got to take care of the basketball. Obviously, they got to defend like crazy. And uh, let's see what they can do. I mean, again, this is why you play it. I uh, hope the Pirates can play them tough. That's all you can really kind of hope for in this is that you hope East Carolina will uh, make your free throws. Play and make your free throws. Yes. Yeah. Pirates, uh, you know, uh, had been getting to the line quite a bit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the, they were either making them or really, really bad. You know, there was no in between. And uh, let's just hope that there is uh, an opportunity tonight to kind of go in and, and see what they can do. Uh, you got nothing to lose, right? And and I'll and I'll say this: I think I think Caleb LeCount has to play better. I I want to believe he will play better. You know, he still is a freshman, and he only made his second start the other day. Pirates didn't have a ton of time, maybe, to get acclimated to life without Small. I'm sure this coaching staff is sort of you know acclimated some and maybe doing some things a little differently to life without Javon small, but you, when you lose Javon small, you lose more than just what he's able to do scoring wise. It's getting you set up. It's a guy that you could go to that can get a shot that can set up others for a shot top. One of the top, if not the top assist man in the league. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that you look at this game and uh small, not being available will, will certainly be tough to overcome. But again, these are why, play the game these well, are the reasons why you play the game well accounts kind of like the polar opposite where javon small does kind of like to slow the game down and dish it out accounts he he kind of likes to play a little bit more up tempo and drive to the basket so we'll see if they've kind of changed that in practice with this uh very short time window they have of uh, finding out javon small is not going to be available so 
be interested to see how he plays and if he's kind of cleaned some things up now that he's going to be the uh, – looks like he's going to be taking over point guard duties tonight. Yep, yep. So we'll see. And any, who else know who, who else who else knows who we'll see a point? Uh, we'll also uh, get some more on this from Cy Seymour coming up in uh, just a little bit. All right, some more news of the day. When we come back, a break right now. And uh, when we return, we'll uh, jump into – some of the other uh, news items and the goings-on around the world of sports. Uh, So stay with us here on this uh, Wednesday edition, the midweek edition, all downhill from here of the Patrick Johnson Show. Online or on the go. Love it. Log on to our brand new website, 943thegame.com. To listen to our top-rated programs throughout the day. You need to. Tell your smart speaker to stream 94.3 The Game to take us anywhere you are at any time. Happy hours are always a swashbuckling good time with the P-Man. Happy hour for me never starts till after five. Me either. This is only number three. Let's get back to the Patrick Johnson Show here on 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Uh, another sad note to start this segment, Chris Ford, who made the first three-pointer in NBA history, Played for the Celtics and then coached the uh, Celtics near the end of the uh, Big Three's run. Uh, apparently uh, died today, so that's uh, that's not good. That's terrible uh, news to hear. It's a great day for news today. No, no, no. So it's uh, it is uh, it is something. Hey, um, so. <laughs> Remember last year, Ben, uh, and I think it was kind of around this time. Remind me of this. You have a good memory for these things. Uh, Around the time of uh, uh, Farmville and Kinston playing basketball with each other, right? That's right. And they they had a, 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 like an altercation in the stands. And they ended up having to play it on like a Saturday at nine o'clock in the morning. And it was right. uh, Available to the public or something. Right. Right. So that was, um, it barely got started too. Right. Like they probably played a little bit of a quarter. Yeah. I think that's correct. I think that's correct. But that was the case. And so last night, (laughs) last night, um, and I thought all the the public schools were in exams this week, but I guess not. Mississippi um, says they are. Well, be damned if they're going to be in uh, exams in Lenore County. They're going to play ball. <laughs> North Lenore and uh, Kinston played last night. And as you can imagine, now, you know, I grew up in Kinston. I, now, you know, I did not go to Kinston. I did not go to North Lenore. I lived in the North Lenore district. And grew up in the North Lenore district, but I went to Parrot. But I mean, I sure went to my fair share and, and called my fair share as a young guy trying to, you know, cut his teeth in the radio biz of Kinston North Lenore sporting events, particularly basketball. And uh, so the game last night, it was in the girls' game in the third quarter. And apparently there was a fight, according to th- what I've read. There was a fight between two students from either school, two female students. This had nothing to do with the players on the court, none of that. 
Well, all hell broke loose, apparently. And they decided to halt the game at that point, not play the game at that point. So somewhere in the third quarter, and the girls' game uh, is not being um, continued from that point, they, they suspended action. Boys' game didn't even get played. Uh, you know, it's it's disappointing how common this is becoming because I remember my personal experience going to the Eastern um, the Eastern Regionals in Menji's Coliseum a couple years ago before COVID where Farmville was playing uh, South Granville, I believe, who had Bobby Pettiford, who's on Kansas now. And uh, during that game, there was fights in the stands and then leaving, there was fights in the parking lot. And it was like one of the few times I went to a sporting event. I'm like, I'm not sure if I'm in the best environment right now. This doesn't feel right. safe for a high school basketball game. This should be a celebratory fun event. Instead, it's it's getting kind of dangerous around here. And it's sad how normal this is becoming. We see this kind of stuff, especially in the state of North Carolina, not just in the East, but all throughout the state. This is happening all the time now, which is really, really upsetting and disappointing. Let the kids play. Like It's a high school basketball event. Settle your beef somewhere well, else. And I think what you're thinking of, Farmville was in the – Something with the John Wall, and that's where they had to come back and play. I, I'm not even sure Farmville and Kinston play. And if they did, you know, my mistake. But yeah, it was something it, similar it, to that. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. But I do remember what you're talking right. about. That I don't remember the happen, teams yeah. involved, but it did happen, and it right. had to be played on like a Saturday at nine o'clock. Right, and that was I think that was Farmville. That was Farmville and the Wall, I believe. And if yeah. I'm wrong, I'll I'll, I'll certainly correct. That was the, the one where but, they used. Uh, wasn't tear gas, but there was one where they had to use tear gas or something. Well, that was in Kinston. Yeah. And they that couldn't use the Kinston gym. Yeah. 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 All right. So they postponed the game last night, they said, for safety reasons. The game will resume at six o'clock tonight, the continuation of the girls' game first, which is, I think, in the third quarter. Uh, they'll pick up right where they stopped the game last night, and then the boys' game will follow. Fans will be able to attend, but they're going to have restrictions. Each player from both teams is limited to two tickets. I like. I that mean, rule. that's just. That's not. A, I mean, it's sad that I it's mean, come to that, but that's a solid it's, contingency it's, plan. It's pathetic that it's come to that. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's pathetic that it's come to that. If we're if we're being uh, honest. Yeah, I'm just saying, as far as a contingency plan, I mean, I think they handled it pretty well. But I mean, it's it, like you said, it's very unfortunate that. I mean, some families don't feel safe going to a high school basketball event and seeing their kids now. Like, I mean, it, it's come on, settle your beef somewhere else. Be adults, for Christ's sake. Right. Well, and you know, we're hitting, we're sitting here, uh, and again, I'm I'm from there, so I have a yeah, yeah, uh, you know, history and a pretty, you know, pretty good idea and some of the work that I've done, um, away from radio. You know, some of it, a lot of it is in uh, Kinston, Lenore County. So I just, I'm sitting here and I'm looking at this and I'm just thinking, you know, they've had real problems with youth crime in Kinston, especially here in recent months. And there's some people that get on there and they say, oh, well, it's not, it, it's, it's overblown. But then you have something like this, which is, you know, happens at a real public event. And I mean, is it just going to be glazed over again and just explained away of, oh, it's just a few bad apples. I mean, fact is, this is the second time in a year's time that th these quote unquote few bad apples have 
cause there to be a total stoppage in a in a sporting event. Well, yeah. I mean, how do you handle at it? that do gym? You, do you up the security ramifications around it? And if I so, mean, what does that cost? What is that looking yeah. like budget wise? And and it's at a time where you're paying more for basketball officials. So I talked. I was talking with my dad the other night to go off on a little bit of a, a different tangent here. And they were so, and it's a guy we know, a guy from here in Greenville, in fact, but a guy we know, and, and they were so, uh, I mean, they've had to move some games because they don't have enough officials, so they moved it a game the other week from a Tuesday night to a Monday night so they could have officials. Yeah, I'd be interested to see if they're doing that with some of these other schools, but they did it, sure as heck, did it at Parrot. And, you know, the other thing is, uh, they had a guy, he officiated the JV game and then stayed and did the varsity game. He was assigned the varsity game. I guess he came early to do the JV game. And this is a, this is a guy who's a pretty, not a pretty good, a really good official. And I mean, if, has officiated college stuff, but you know, still does high school because they just need people. Yeah. These guys are coming out of retirement, still officiating. I mean, it's, it's a big, big problem. The ref retired. I mean, Phillip's a, a nut. He ought to be. <laughs> he ought to be. He doing ought it. to be trying to do as many games as he can because he'd make some money. And he's young, and he's, I presume, a pretty good official. Well, I know he can't do the ECU intramurals anymore. He explained that to me, but he can do other stuff. I mean, he's got experience. Uh, he ought to. Yeah. He really, Phillip ought to try to do to officiate basketball and football, and even call baseball and softball if he can. I mean, they need people. He'll be the ultimate bad guy. Well, I mean, and all see, and that, and that is kind of part of the problem. There is that they're vilified. Yeah, but I mean, here's the other part of that. You're an official last night at the game, and that happened. I mean, you're not paying attention to what's going. It's not your job to pay attention to what's going on in the stands. You're worried about the game. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, what if something happens and and you get rolled on because some idiots in the stands are trying to prove who's bad or whatever. Well, we've seen that we've seen that happen in the last few years too and not only in basketball but in football where officials kind of find themselves in danger. Um there was a recent big time pro football player who was coaching a youth team and ended up in jail because he um put his hands on an official and fought an official. I, yeah, I forget the name, but it was someone huge. It was it was a big name in football. Yeah. I don't know about that, but I but I just say, you know, it's a it's a real the whole thing's just a real problem. And, and, you know, the, the one thing, I mean, if you're, if you were calling that game, Ben, cause that's the other thing I'm <laughs> yeah. sure those officials said, I'm not, I, I I've got another game or I'm not going back and you got to pay them. Yeah. But I mean, you also have to, if you're Kinston have to pay a whole new set of officials or, or maybe pay the officials twice. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all because a bunch of knuckleheads acting idiotic. Um, do you uh, – Tar Heels won last night. State won down at Georgia Tech. No great shakes there. Their fan base is yeah. calling it a great road win, but, I mean, my gosh. <laughs> against Georgia Tech. Yeah, yeah, against Georgia <laughs> Tech. Um, they're very nervous, are the Heels fans about – or the uh, State fans about playing Carolina in the Dean Dome this weekend. They're very nervous. They don't want to believe yet. Yeah, I, I mean, Carolina, I, I still think will be a tough out for them, but I'm not – 
I'm not entirely convinced Carolina would beat NC State, to be honest well, with you. Well, I, I like the Pack's chances now. It's in Chapel too, Hill, yeah. so nutty things happen. Nutty things happen. That's true, yeah. And then, and then both Wake Forest fans are trying to say they're the best team in the state this morning. And I've seen that. I've seen afternoon. that, and I, I see their point. I'm not sure if I'm buying in on Wake Forest just yet because they always kind of blow well, it towards the end. But They're good at home. Yeah. They won 15 in a row at home. They beat a pretty meh Clemson team. Here's the thing. Everybody in the ACC is good on the road this year. Or at home, excuse me. They're winning home games. Um, so the Pack are, are excited the fact that they're in bracketology and they're fans. They're really big excited, though, because guess who their home opener is next year in football, Ben? Oof. The Golden Domers, Notre Dame, wow. on the 9th of September <laughs> wow. next season. They're opening the campaign against Notre Dame. If they win that one, they're proclaiming themselves the uh, national champions no matter what happens, even though I think they Notre will. Dame ain't on that level anymore, I don't think. I, I think they will. No, they're far from them. Yeah. Oh, no, they, they're already calling themselves the ACC champs after that for sure, but national champion will get thrown around. <laughs> Do right. we get to the college right. football playoff? Dark Horse. Uncle Dave. Shot. Uncle Dave's the man. So uh, we will see. All right. Cy Seymour is uh, coming up. Ben uh, has got a 94-3 the game sports update. ECU women getting ready to take the floor. Interesting uh, guy hitting the portal, too, for the football. What, who now? Oh, uh, he's he's going to TCU. I'll tell you that much. We'll save oh, for the update. Oh, oh, oh you mean, uh, okay, I thought another one hit the portal. No, You're talking, no, no. I, and, and here's the today is the portal deadline, but because all these things have to go through some official channels, there could be names that pop up tomorrow or Friday. Long as they, long as you file to go into the portal by today, you know, don't be surprised if there's more names that show up officially in the portal tomorrow or Friday. Because again, and I'm just not saying it to you anywhere, uh, but you're saying somebody who was in the portal from ECU has landed somewhere. Is that what I'm to understand? Yes. Yes. The guy that okay. was in the portal has now landed somewhere uh, pretty big time. The team that was in the college football playoffs. Ah, yeah. Okay. So that's yeah. Interesting. Well, I can't wait to, to learn about it. Actually, I know about it. I'm just building a little suspense <laughs> here. Yeah. And, I, and I'll tell you this. I still think you're joking. That's what I think. You don't think it's real. I didn't think it was real when I saw it, but I mean, it came from the man himself. All right. Well, the answer to that question and uh, many others, as we mentioned, ECU women basketball, uh, women's team playing tonight uh, at home. They'll tip off at 6 o'clock. Uh, we'll have Coach Kim McNeil on the show tomorrow, by the way. I'm excited. Uh, but right, yeah, good to talk to her as it always is. Uh, right now, here is Ben Byram with a 94 3 The Game Sports Flash update. <laughs> Thanks, Patrick. EC basketball back in action tonight at Temple in Philadelphia. The Pirates are playing without leading scorer Javon Small, who Coach Mike Schwartz said on our sister station or right here on 94.3 The Game that he's out for an undetermined amount of time due to injury. Coach Schwartz yesterday on trying to replace what Small brings to the club. Cable account looking to take over point guard duties for the Pirates. Sure, of course, it's difficult. You know, he leads us in scoring, leads us in uh, assists. 
He's a high usage guy for us. Since the ball's in his hands, late clock, um, you know, what we do on offense. And he's a really good rebounder. I mean, still, he's a guy who's between four and five rebounds. He's one of the top 20 rebounders in this conference. And, and as a point guard, that's a lot. But probably what's even more challenging is you, you don't just replace those statistics. Obviously, it doesn't work like that. But it changes the rotation and it changes how you have to try and play. And that's probably the bigger challenge. We begin coverage right here on 94.3 The Game, the flagship station, the ECU Pirates on the hardwood with our local pregame coverage of Pirate Game Day Countdown beginning immediately following the Patrick Johnson Show at 6 o'clock. And then we lead you in the network coverage at 6.30 with the voice of the Pirates, Jeff Charles and Coach Michael Perry. Live from Philadelphia as they bring you all the play-by-play action between the Owls and the Pirates in round two of AAC play. Sasha Seymour on the other side here. But first, CC women's basketball also in action tonight as they take on the Cincinnati Bearcats in Menji's Coliseum. That tips off at 6 o'clock. The parts 12 and 6, while the Bearcats are at 7 and 10. A big name for the Pirates on the defense hitting the portal in Rick D'Abreu. D'Abreu, a pass rusher for the Pirates, has committed to TCU. He had 33 tackles and two and a half sacks in 2022. North Carolina down Boston College 72 to 64 at this Dean Smith Center. The Tar Heels have won four of their last five. They're in the middle of the pack of the ACC with five and three record. NC State cruised to its fourth straight win with a 78 to 66 victory on the road against Georgia Tech. The Wolfpack also five and three in conference play. State and Carolina will play this weekend. Another ACC action, Wake Forest extended its win streak to fourth an 87 to 77 upset win over 19th ranked Clemson and Winston-Salem, the Tigers' first loss in league play this season. Taking a look at the Carolina Panthers, they will not be hiring Carolina native Ben Johnson as their next head coach. Johnson was slated to interview with the team today, but informed interested franchises last night that he will remain the Lions offensive coordinator in 2023. The list of candidates that have interviewed for the vacancy includes Jim Caldwell, Frank Reich, who they say had a really strong interview and they're very interested in, Sean Steichen and Steve Wilkes. The Panthers have also requested interviews with Ken Dorsey, who they'll talk to today. He's the current Bills offensive coordinator and the former quarterbacks coach for the Panthers during their Super Bowl season. Mike Kafka, the Giants OC, and Kellen Moore, the Dallas Cowboys OC. They have also received permission to interview former Saints head coach Sean Payton, and the latest reports indicate that they're willing to give Sean Payton whatever he wants to become the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. A dangerous game they're playing there. But in a recent report that just broke a couple of minutes ago, Sean Payton doesn't seem to be very interested in the Carolina Panthers head coaching job. So some interesting stuff there. Wrapping up ECU baseball, they're picked to win the AAC conference in the preseason poll. The parts were selected 11th in the D1 baseball poll nationally that came out yesterday. East Carolina begins the season in less than a month against George Washington at home. That's going to do it for your 94th through the game sports update. This 94th through the game sports update is brought to you by Team Boneyard, an NIL initiative directly supporting part student athletes. For more information on how to donate, go to teamboneyard.org. On the other side, we'll have ESPN Plus Pirate Basketball Analyst Sai Seymour with the P-Man and the real premier pregame show for Pirate Basketball. It all comes your way on the other side right here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Eastern North Carolina's home for the Adam Gold Show. Come on in. Weekdays at noon, right here on Eastern Carolina's home for sports. I love sports. And the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. 
Getting the Pirate Nation home. It's the Patrick Johnson Show. The drive home should be a delight. Here on 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates and Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. He is the great Cy Seymour, and he is with us on the phone right now here on the Patrick Johnson Show. we got ECU and Temple coming up tonight from Philadelphia at 7 o'clock. Silas, how are you? I am good, Patrick. It's good to hear from you, and uh, always look forward to working with you, and uh, good to talk to you about the Pirates and some Temple Isles tonight. I haven't seen you in forever, because you were a little <laughs> under the weather our last uh, telecast together, so I, I hope and all I is well. every minute of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, look, I'll say this. Brittany, uh, give me Brittany any day of the week. So that no, I'm, exactly. <laughs> I'm with you. Look, I'm, I, she did a great job. I'm no, she was awesome. She was awesome. And I, 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 I like the idea of the Seymour, Brittany Hoyt, Johnson three-person booth. How about that? Be, <laughs> there you go. We'd have, you go. We'd have a time. Uh, yeah. So the great Cy Seymour is here. Cy and I will be together on uh, Tuesday. Good Lord willing, the creek don't rise uh, as Tulsa comes to town. But the Pirates have some business to take care of tonight. Um, no Javon Small. Let's start there. This is what Mike Schwartz had to say. Cy, uh, give a listen, and uh, then we'll get back, uh, get your reaction. You know, he leads us in scoring, leads us in uh, assists. He's a high-usage guy for us. as the ball's in his hands, late clock, um, you know, what we do on offense. And he's a really good rebounder. I mean, still, he's a guy who's between four and five rebounds. He's one of the top 20 rebounders in this conference. And, and as a point guard, that's a lot. But probably what's even more challenging is you, you don't just replace those statistics. Obviously, it doesn't work like that. But it changes the rotation, and it changes how you have to try and play. And that's probably the bigger challenge. From you, it's the coaching perspective I want to get. Obviously, we know what not having him statistically does. We saw that not having your lead guard is is troublesome against South Florida. But with what Mike Swartz has been doing from a rotational standpoint, uh, this throws all of that out, off a of kilter more so than anything. Oh, no doubt. I mean, what, what Coach Swartz, it, it, really, what any coach, any good coach does, you got to find a point guard because that's your guy on the floor. That's your coach. Life gets easier when you have a good point guard because he's got to make decisions on the snap. I mean, it's it, it's got to be quick. He's got to he's got to recognize the defense, pull it back out, set things up. He's got to know where to go. Well, you had Javon Small, thirty-five minutes a game. This guy, this guy is your guy. He can rebound it. He has great assists. He, he he understands everything, and he's come along quicker than you had ever planned. This is a kid that stepped up that didn't play a lot last year that has stepped in and done what he's supposed to do. And all of a sudden, in the thick of the season, the conference season, it's not like this is preseason where you can work on other people. You lose, you lose your point guard. That's a, that's a tremendous blow to his ball club. Uh, and I'm, I'm with Coach Forge. I mean, he, he's telling you right there with assists, rebounds, scoring. So, yeah, it's it's a major loss for the Pirates right now. Now let's let's hope this time period is shorter than we think, uh, but it's a major loss. You got Caleb LeCount, uh, the freshman starting, and you know LeCount is an aggressive player. He's been an energy guy at times, coming off the bench at the point. Now that he's in there, kind of running the show, presumably for extended minutes. What are the challenges he faces? Well. First of all, this league, I've said this, Patrick, at the beginning of the season, uh, 
this is a good league, but there's a reason it's a good league. You have great guard play. Uh, when, when you look at when you look at Houston and you look up at Marcus Sasser and Tremont uh, Marks, these guys can play. When you look at Tulane, Jalen Cook, Jalen Forbes, those two guys are they're going to get you forty a night. When you look at Memphis, Kendrick Davis is one was the player of the year. When you look at Cincinnati with uh, David DeJulius, Davenport, I'm talking about perimeter players. And then you look at Temple. Look at Temple with Damian Dunn and Khalif Battle. I mean, these guys are six foot five guards that have been through the wars, uh, and and that's that's what you're going against. And, and, and I, you know, the list can go on and on, but the bottom line is the top five, six teams in this league have premier guards. I mean, really some of the best in the country. And that's why they're good. Well, we're coming in now without your best point guard and a backup guy that just played high school ball last year. He's a good kid. He's going to give you everything he's got. He's going to work hard. Uh, he's, 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 he's going to set things up. But it's not Damian Dunn or, or Khalif Battle. It's just, it's just not. And so it's a very, very uh, challenging uh, night for him. And I'm not sure that – uh, of course, Michael Schwartz has a game. Uh, you know, you, you may see DeBouge run a little point. You may see other guys run point because, it, you know, you lost your guy. You lost a 35-minute game, a thirty-five minute game, uh, a game man. So uh, I, I think he'll be ready to play. He's going to give you everything he's got. But there are challenges against these guards that are 6'5 and can shoot it and can play. We got Cy Seymour on the line with us. ECU and Temple coming up uh, tonight. Local coverage uh, begins at uh, 6 o'clock with our Pirate Game Day countdown, and uh, we have uh, leading you into coverage of that right now, Cy here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Silas, let me uh, ask you a little bit about uh, Temple from the standpoint of we saw them as a two-point game, really good game between these two last time, and you've got, uh, you know, obviously Khalil Battle is awesome. He had a huge second half against the Pirates coming off the bench in that game, and, and he just continues to score the basketball. Owls are coming off a heartbreak of their own against uh, Memphis on Sunday. And then they've got Damian Dunn back, who we didn't see in the first matchup because he was in the concussion protocol. Dunn can fill it up with the best of them. So, you know, from the from the guard standpoint, Temple uh, has two of the best in the league, and you just alluded to that a moment ago. But But dealing with those two scoring options and the way Temple defends you, this is a, a team, look, they made no bones about it. They're playing to be peaking by the time the, the conference tournament hits because that's their ticket to get into the NCAAs. Well, exactly. And, and they're long, they're athletic, and you, you never underestimate Philadelphia's basketball. It's just unbelievable. Aaron McKee is a great coach. They've, they've had great coaches forever, uh, and, and they don't play around. Uh, you know, when you look at a guy like uh, Jameel Reynolds or Zach Hicks, these guys are six, 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 seven long athletes that that will come in and whip you. I mean, and then they've got size inside, uh, and you have to have it all to beat these guys. They're they're tremendous, well coached, like they well coached, athletic, understand it. They stay calm. They understand that Temple is a traditionally great program and you're right they're, they're saying we're coming in here to beat you in anybody they play uh and ecu's had some luck against them the last couple of times or you know in the last few years but don't ever forget their temple 
And, and people don't know it, but you, you and I both know they're the fifth winningest program in, in the history of basketball. And, and they're tough, and they're long, and, and I like the way they play, and they're well coached. So anybody that has to play Temple, you better bring your A game every night out. We know that. So it's a tough challenge. We know the Owls have a uh, advantage, you know. I would say in the backcourt, and that's not to knock anybody. In fact, I think a small we're playing, you might even give the tip of the hat to, to the backcourt to Temple, even at home. <clears throat> but I think the Pirates in this game do have a, a frontcourt advantage. Brandon Johnson is obviously uh, coming off a double double. We've been impressed with Ezra Ozar as he continues to to kind of feel his way uh, through things. You know, 11 points and 18 rebounds last time out against Temple for Johnson. And uh, as we say, Ezra Ozar has uh, has turned it on. Now, he's coming off probably one of his, uh, you know, to be frank, weaker performances against South Florida. Do you expect the freshman to bounce back in a big way tonight? And What do you expect out of Johnson against Temple? Well, first of all, Brandon Johnson is quietly having a really uh, – a- Good. I mean, he's the number one rebounder in the American. I mean, it's an all-conference year, undoubtedly. Yeah, he for really BJ. is. Yeah. He, he is it, Brandon's playing well. He's shooting the ball. He's worked on his shot. He knocked down threes. Uh, so he's had a tremendous year. Ozar's a freshman, and you're right. And I, let's not forget, Luigi DeBose playing well. Yeah, I, mean, I was, was going to ask you about Luigi here in a second, too. Yeah, yeah. go okay. ahead, though. Yeah, well, go ahead. With, with Ozar, he's a freshman, and this is what you go through with freshmen. They are used to uh, – Dominating usually because of their size in high school or AAU basketball, they they can make a mistake and make up for it just with physical length. Well, now when you're in this league, you, you can't make up for it with just uh, physical length because everybody's got it and everybody's good. And it's part of the learning process. Ozar, he's willing to learn. He's a good athlete, plays hard, and and they will they will is what you just said. They will try to expose Temple inside, get them up, get them in foul trouble play tough in there and uh, Ozar and Brandon have played well you know we can fuss with uh, Ozar a little bit but the truth is you can't he's a freshman he gives you gives you good nights and sometimes it's going to be bad but overall you got to give him an A grade for what he's done oh, yeah. undoubtedly undoubtedly and I, I expect him to have a big bounce back tonight uh, you mentioned Lucci he's obviously playing really really well since the Temple game his minutes have have gone up and uh, he's going in. He, he gives you a little bit of offense, maybe. But the big thing that he does and he's started to do is is rebound and, and obviously defend the rim. Yeah, and Coach Schwartz will tell you, he's got a young man coming in next year. You've got to have rim protectors. And and Luigi has come on really well. And, and I think Coach Schwartz and his staff are getting a lot out of, out of uh, Luigi DeBone. A great kid. There's not a better kid on that basketball team than Luigi off the floor. He's just a wonderful young man, and uh, he's playing well right now, doing a good job. So you got three pretty good players in there doing that, covering in there, and and so uh, give credit. That's where you go. You go to your strengths, and those three guys can really help you. Cy Seymour with us here to change uh, subjects off this game, but stick with the American. Obviously, you've got uh, Bracketology and uh, Joe Lenardi. Houston, the number one team in the poll, number one in the West. Uh, is what uh, Lenardi had him in as of yesterday. Uh, and uh, right now he has Memphis continuing to be his last four buys. Uh, nowhere do I see UCF at this point. They're not even in the next four out where they have uh, kind of resided this year. 
Uh, so I guess that loss to Tulane, who we, who you and I know is pretty darn good, that loss to Tulane harms the uh, the UCF cause. I'm a dumb guy, Cy. I you know I, I've only followed basketball for forty some odd years, uh, growing up in it. But I'm a big eye test guy, and to me, UCF passes the eye test, especially considering what we're looking at with the at large teams. I guess what I'm getting at here is. Did we maybe see UCF with that loss to Tulane kind of eliminate themselves? I mean, I guess the margin of error is very small for uh, for uh, UCF, and Memphis is maybe getting a little bit more of the benefit of the doubt. Uh, you know, I think I think I'm with you. I think UCF is a tournament team. I'm telling you right now, Taylor Hendricks at six nine it can be a first round draft pick, and it's, I think they've got a great chance. I don't think it's over for them yet. The problem, what you're saying, is that I think you have five teams, and when I look at it, it's just real simple, that are razor-thin margins. Temple's one of them. UCF is. Memphis is. Tulane is. And Cincinnati. I think any of those schools, any night out, when you look up, those schools can whip you. And uh, I, I, I just I believe that. I think they're – uh, there's Houston, and then there are four others, four or five others that can get get there, but it's razor thin if you mess up. I didn't think it was a fluke that Central Florida lost. They they lose to Houston at Houston by like six. I'm talking about UCF mm-hmm. in a heck of a game, mm-hmm. and and so I, and we both know UCF. They are they are talented. They are very good. It's just a matter you better win the games you can. I think if they can win out against. Cincinnati and and uh, the other schools at home, whole service yeah, home, and then yeah. middle road, you got a shot. Got to win a few road games, and I think for UCF, you can't lose too many more if you want to be no. on that bubble and, and in that conversation. Um, uh, lastly, tonight, uh, before we get back to the to the game, Pirates and Owls, but tonight it's SMU at Tulsa. That's at eight o'clock tonight. That'll be the Pirates' next home game. Uh, quick primer on Tulsa. They've got one of the really – they made a coaching change and they hired really one of the bright, young, talented coaches in America. No doubt about it. I mean, when you look at uh, when you look at uh, Tulsa, I think they've made the right move in Conkle. But the, the, the thing is, too, he lost everything. He's kind of where Mike Swartz is. He's rebuilding everything he possibly can. I think they're going to come on. I think ECU's going to come on. To me, though, the surprise team that's picked it up quicker than I thought, SMU. SMU's played well. Uh, they have separated themselves from South Florida and from Tulsa and from Wichita State and East Carolina. Those four teams, they're going to fight, too. They're, they're close together, those four teams. But SMU's giving themselves a little distance. It'd be a great game tonight between those two yeah. teams because they're both trying to uh, – you know, just restart their programs who they had great years. They're, they have traditionally good ball clubs and a good coach in Conklin. Hey, Cy, give me a few keys for the Pirates tonight if they're going to spring a road upset. Well, I think first of all, you, you've got to get uh, good play from your, your uh, wing guys. I think uh, when you look up, Bayala has to play really big. He has to step up. I think uh, BJ has BJ. Uh, R.J. Felton has to play well. I think he's got to play shoot it. Jake Walker's got to play well. These are guys that are the length of these guys. The, when you look at DeBouge and Bayala 
and uh, Walker. They are all six, four, six, five athletes. They've got to step it up. RJ's got to step it up. But I think you hit a good point. The inside game can help you and neutralize uh, the Temple Isles. LeCount, you give him all the help he can get, and the way you get help for him, the guys that I just mentioned, the RJs of the world, they have got to step it up. Can Tabs come in? Never sure how his health is, and I love him to death, but you just don't know. But he better get good play out of Bayala, Tabunje, Walker. They're, they're the kind of guys that match up against this team, and they're going to be guarding Damian Duns and Khalif Battles and the other guys that are 6'4", 6'5", 6'6", 6'7". So I think that that's going to be some of the keys. You've got to get good play out of these guys. Hey, uh, Cy, thanks a lot. Always great to talk to you. We'll look forward to seeing you uh, next week and enjoy the game tonight. You too, man. We'll talk to you later. Yep, there he is, the great Cy Seymour. Always great to talk to him. Uh, ben, can I, do you want me to go ahead and you want me to take this to 56-50, Ben? Is that what we want to do? We can do that. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Um, by the way, we mentioned Notre Dame. They're going to uh, open... Uh, they're going to uh, open the uh, season in Ireland against uh, Navy. So there you go. That's right. They're trying to make that a thing. <laughs> well, it, it apparently is a thing, Ben. That's a thing, yeah. It apparently is uh, indeed a thing. So there you go. That's fine. That's, that's good. Um, I don't have time to get into this. Maybe we will tomorrow. Uh, big game boomer. We have a little bit of, I would say, a, kind of a love-hate with Big Game Boomer, don't we? They've admitted, I've seen it on Twitter, that ECU's kind of their favorite school outside of Oklahoma. Right, but I'm saying here at the station, us, you and me, we have a little bit of a love-hate. Yeah, for Game sure. Boomer. Yeah, their, their lists are a little silly. So they came up with a most passionate college basketball fan base rankings. Do you follow what I'm saying there? Yes, who's the best college basketball fan base, or who's the fan most base. passionate? Yeah. yeah, pretty much. In each conference. Uh, in the A-10, they had Dayton. That makes sense. That's a good basketball place. The Big East, they had Xavier, but I, I suppose that's up for grabs, maybe. Uh, Big 12, they had Kansas. That makes sense to me. Uh, in the Western West Coast Conference, Gonzaga, Avi. SEC, they had Auburn. What? Okay, all right. In the Sun Belt, they had ODU, which, uh, I mean, I... Okay, all right. In the ACC, they had Syracuse. That's bad. In the, Ameri in the American, they had UCF ahead of Memphis and Houston. Yeah, that's pretty bad. That's terrible. That's not... That's lame. Well, there we go. We use that as a segment. All right, uh, big thanks to Cy Seymour. <laughs> uh, stay awesome. tuned. Ben B-Baby Byram is going to be bringing you Pirate Game Day Countdown, getting you ready for ECU and Temple. Network coverage begins at the bottom of the hour. Thanks to Mississippi for being in today as well. And we'll see everybody tomorrow on the Patrick Johnson Show. Take me.